here, please stand with us. My name is Kathy, and I'm one of the pastors here, and it is so fun to start the new year with all of you online and you and here this morning in worship together as we step into this year that is full of hope and promise and prayers that you might have, because it's a way of saying to God, God, we know that we can't do this year without you. We know that we are fully dependent on you, God as we step into 2022. And our hope is that you discover joy this year because joy is a gift. Joy is the presence of God. Your soul was designed to run off of joy. So allow this worship service to help you take a step towards more joy in your life. Now, if you're new to First Pres, we're so delighted that you're here, and we want you to know that we are here to serve you in any way that we can. We also want you to know that we are all about building real, authentic relationships with each other and with God, and we believe that when those things happen, God begins to transform our life from the inside out, and oh, do I need that. I know you do, too. If you would, kindly fill out the Connect card. You can scan this QR code that you see or go to the website after worship. That way, we can connect with you, care for you, pray for you, and answer any questions that you might have. This is also the perfect moment, if you're online, to go grab anything for communion. Crackers, juice, coffee, cookies, leftover pie, it doesn't matter. You can operate in any way you want to as we share in communion together. Please pray with me now. 
Oh, Heavenly Father, it's true that we cannot do this year apart from you. We don't want to. We know what that looks like, and it doesn't look good. Father, we've left a couple of years behind us that have been full of challenges that hit us blindsided. But nothing surprises you. And the miracle that we can walk with you in joy in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of all our questions, in the midst of a week where friends left and right and family are going down with COVID, Lord, we can walk in joy. Because joy is a person. It's you, Jesus. And we desperately need what you have to give. We have friends and family and others, Lord, that are on our hearts this morning. We continue to pray for the Parker and Francis families and the loss of Taylor and Ben. Our hearts are broken with them and for them, and we know that yours is too. And we ask that you would just wrap them up, hold them close, and heal their broken hearts. Lord, we pray for Jackie Faircloth. We will always pray for Jackie and we pray for her family as they care for her. We ask, O oh Lord, that as she steps into a new year, that she senses your nearness and your presence as she has already indicated that she does. Father, we pray for our friends who are dealing with cancer, Jamie Atkinson, Hank Floyd. We pray for Jerry Denny, James Canali, all of them, Lord, precious and dear to us, all of them in your hands, the great physician. We are so grateful for your loving care. Oh, Father, help us all now as we step into the possibility of joy in a way that we've never imagined it before, in a way that may seem impossible to some of us and maybe the way that others of us are already operating. It doesn't matter. Walking with you makes it all new. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Friends, throughout Scripture, in the Old and the New Testament, we see story after story of when men and women prayed and fasted as a sign of their humility and complete dependence on God, that God moved in miraculous and powerful ways. Well, that has been true for us as a church Ever since the moment when he invited us to relocate and build, when we committed as a church to prayer and fasting, we began to see signs and wonders, miracles, things happening before our very eyes that were only coming from the hand of God. So we've committed to every first Wednesday of the month. And on the first Wednesday of the month, we pray and fast. What that looks like is you eat dinner on Tuesday night this week, and then you skip breakfast and lunch on Wednesday, using that time for special focus and prayer. It's a sign of us saying to God, we're dependent on you, and we're humbling ourselves before you as a church family. Then you celebrate at dinner. So it's just two meals. Do that any way you want to. Uh, don't let it be a legalistic thing. Let it be a joyful choice, and watch what God does in your life, and in our church. He's not finished. And the two ways that we're asking all of you to pray, one is that God would open the door for an interim home and then a permanent location for Matthew 25, our outreach to those who are hungry and homeless. And secondly, that God would reveal with even more clarity how it is that he wants us to care for and love and reach the neighborhood where he's placed us. He's got us here for a reason. Let's ask him to reveal it all to us. Will you join me Wednesday? You'll get an email from me. You can ignore it. Or you can engage. Oh, I invite you to engage. Watch what happens when you trust the Lord with a couple of meals. Yeah. The next announcement is about Serve Day. So next Sunday morning... Instead of being the church in here in worship, we're going to be the church out there in the community, loving and serving in the name of Jesus. How fun is that? And it's a, a great privilege, and we want all of you to sign up today 
so that project leaders can depend on who their crew is going to be. When you sign up, sign up for something that stirs your heart. There are so many projects to choose from. And for those of you who have children, there are many child-friendly projects. Now, when you're done with your project, the cool thing is we're going to end up right back here on this campus for a big picnic that's going to go on and on from 12 to 3. So whenever your project ends, we'll be here waiting for you, eager to celebrate with you and hearing stories about what God has done. The next slide is actually going to show you um, two of the projects where we're collecting items for N68 and for Matthew 25. And those are the instructions listed there on how and where to bring them so that those projects can just soar. I want to ask you a final question, and that is, what's on your heart for this year? I mean, what's your dream? What's your prayer for your life, for your family? What if you were to join us as a church in picking one word that God can use to help shape your heart and your life, to help bring intentionality and direction to your year as you navigate faith, and family, and life. Isn't that awesome? And so we're going to have a one-word workshop for you on Wednesday evening on the 19th of January, right here, pizza. Kids are welcome. There's going to be a, a one-word workshop for them as well. And we're going to enjoy pizza together, and we're going to help you find your word, help you find scripture to go with it, even a song to go with it, to impact your year in a very fresh way. We hope you'll join us, even if it's just for the pizza, it's worth it. Um, I want to share a passage with you. It comes from James chapter 1, verse 17, and it says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, comes down from the heavenly Father. God has given us everything that we have and everything that we are. So in other words, everything belongs to him. And when you and I give back to God, it creates a generosity that is contagious because it starts with our time, and then it spreads to our money, then it spreads to our talents and our abilities, and it just keeps spreading and becomes more and more contagious. So I just want to invite you to enjoy this unbelievable privilege of giving back to God by either using the prompts here of the five ways to give, or there is a generosity box in the back of the room. God bless you.
those that are also that are hurt um, and healing from disappointment in this new year as well but we realize and recognize that we can still find joy regardless of our circumstances because you are great you are in control and you are there in the waiting for us to celebrate 
to comfort us and to embrace us. Lord, we ask that you open our ears for what you have to say this morning. And we thank you for what you're doing in us and about to do. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. That song we just sang, is I just have to say something about it. Cody Carnes, C-O-D-Y-C-A-R-N-E-S. Google it. Go to YouTube and get the live version of it. Put on your headset. Have nobody bothering you and just go at it. You'll love it. It's just a fantastic song. You may find, have found, as I did, my heart moved because I need the Father. And I was singing and rush, running to the Father myself. But that's, I digress. Online as well as in here, I just want you to know something. It's still Christmas. <laughs> I have on a red shirt. We have the wreath here. I'm going to write it and sort of say a few things about why, it, if you didn't know this ahead of time, it's, it's Christmas ends on January 6th. We have a word for that, and it's, this isn't in the Bible that you have to quit on January 6th. It's a tradition. It's a church people do. It's called epiphany. It's, just, it's the appearance, epiphania, is the Greek word. It's the appearance of the magi and the star and all that, the magi, the wise guys who show up to bring gifts to Jesus. So we keep doing this. This stuff is going to come down early, later this week. It would come down otherwise on January 6th. Those pagans that pulled their Christmas trees out and threw them out on the lawn already, <laughs> do they not understand what we're doing here? Huh? So so we have this series called Joy to the World. We sang it to open. And so Joy to the World is about the birth of the Messiah. And we're not finished celebrating the birth of the Messiah. That's what we're doing today. And the way we're going to do it is this. And Kathy has hinted at it already. We're going to contrast joy and happiness. Because the Messiah brings joy. The only way you can get to joy is Jesus. But let's, let's just talk about me and the fact that I like happy. Because I do like happy. It's obvious that I do. Red shirt. Red. If you go with me to my car, what you're going to get is not my favorite rock brand, band, Humphreys McGee, playing on, on, over my sound system. You know what you're going to get until Thursday? Mannheim Steamroller. I can't get rid of it. I just keep listening. I have, in all honesty, gone to George Strait Christmas album recently. Yeah, George Strait. I've also gone... Amy Grant, you know, she's got a bunch of great, I mean, I'm a sap. But what we're doing here is we're just making sure we understand the fullness of the Christmas season. I don't want to quit. You don't want to quit. I like happy. But you know what? Happy is not what I need. You know what I need? Joy. Happy is outside in. Joy is inside out. And what I want you to remember today, if nothing else, is this. Your soul, my soul, designed to be fueled by, to run off joy. Joy comes from the inside out. And with joy, you can run long and stay strong. Happy comes and goes. Joy is fuel. A, just a text. This is like a this like a touch and go in the Bible here, right? Touch and go. Land. Get a Bible verse. Come back off off the ground. Here's one for you. Nehemiah chapter eight, verse ten. You you don't know Nehemiah. That's okay. He built a wall, but that's another episode. The joy of the Lord. We're, this is not for you to discuss whether you like it or not, or me. This is we're being told by the God who made us. Our, we've been designed to be fueled off. Uh, joy, and this is just a text to help us see it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's where our strength comes from. It comes from God's presence in our life. Here's another way of saying that. Your soul, my soul, can't run and doesn't run off of happy. Happiness is this. Happiness is a feeling that's controlled or connected by the happenings around us, the circumstances. Remember I said outside in. So, for instance, your hair. Having a good hair day, are we? How about your boss? How about 
COVID? How about other serious health issues? How about all those kinds of things? How about after the happiness of the season? How about your fitness? See, these are things that, how about your financial circumstances? None of these are unimportant, but our souls can't run off of them because they are constantly in a change and a flux. And with a lot or with a little, there's still this presence that our soul runs off of the fuel of joy. And joy is from the inside out. That's what it's all about. Another way of saying it is that it's a gift. Joy is a gift, and it's something given to us by Jesus. And in fact, the gift is Jesus. That's what it means to be inside out. Jesus takes up residence in us, and the next thing we know, with the circumstances about which happy, and I, hey, I love happy. I wanted to say something about waking up and feeling happy, if I could. Joy is a gift given to us by Jesus, but some of us may feel the presence of Jesus and have this sense of peace or groundedness or foundation, but when we wake up in the morning, we're not very happy. I get it. I happen to be a person who was built so that when I wake up in the morning, I just tend to be in a good mood. Fair enough. I'm cracking jokes. I'm, I, you know, It's not about being a morning person because I turned myself into one of those. I just wake up and I feel good. Some of you. And some folks that you know, when they wake up in the morning, the conditions that they're dealing with, they feel anxiety, maybe even depression, maybe even clinically uh, described as depression. And what I want to say to you is, I, I don't really completely understand, but I love you, and you are not dismissed from joy. If you're a person where feelings don't come easily to you, the, the fun ones, I, I know. But there's still the presence of Jesus that trumps even that and trumps tragedy. And we talked about tragedy this morning already. It's just so hard. I, I can't shake it. But is there some joy there coming for some of the folks who are just dramatically impacted by that motorcycle accident? I, that's my prayer for them. They're never going to be happy about it. But there can be some peace over time and some resolution. And so for, thus, for those of us who are people trying to figure out what it means to be followers of Jesus and we want to be biblical, what we're saying is that life is not always happy, but there is a sense of the presence of God where joy is a part of what we can experience. And you, you've ex you have had what I'm talking about right now in your own life. I know you have. And we just, we just figure it out together. But circumstances are always going to change. Joy is always going to be a gift. Joy is, I like happy but I can't live, I can't exist off happy. I want a happy new year. You want a happy new year. Uh, here's another thing where happy doesn't work real well. It's that whole thing about resolutions. Just give up. <laughs> about January 20th, you're going to go, man, I didn't do anything I said I was going to do, and I'm tired. That doesn't mean we don't have important things that we want to accomplish, but I'm just playfully saying, if your happiness is based on whether or not you keep up with whatever promise you made to yourself, nine out of ten of us have quit by the end of the month. <laughs> I made some. I'm not telling you what they are. I'll tell you in about June if I accomplish them. I whispered to Kathy a little bit. I want to have a happy, a joy-filled life, and happy comes and goes. And the question this morning, we want to kick around, we're contrasting. If happiness is outside-in and circumstance-driven and joy is an inside-out gift from God that means that God is present in our life, how how can we do this? What are the how-tos? And I sort of have three of them for you here. The first one we've already said, and that is that joy comes from the presence of God. If God is present, then joy can happen. So here's a text to help us see that. Watch this. This is the great Apostle Paul writing to early followers of Jesus in a region called Galatia. Okay, it's in what modern-day Turkey, uh, Asia, it's West Asia. So the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, what comes from the Spirit being in us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. Got one out of order. And then look at this next line. Against the fruit of the Spirit and the Spirit's presence, there ain't no rules. 
This is not about rules. It's not about restrictions. It's not about regulations. It's not about God being a scorekeeper, being a nitpicker, watching him every time we mess up or fail. It's not about God coming in and condemning us and nuking us and judging us. That's not what following Jesus is about. Jesus means God saves us. God takes over, comes from the inside out, and the next thing you know, joy is a fruit that comes from being close to Jesus. Your, your job is not to make fruit. Your job is to stay close to Jesus. The fruit comes from us doing our part, which is to let him flow through us. That's what we're trying to say here. Joy comes from the presence of the God, of the presence of God. Some people would say, well, it's just not my personality. And I, I'm going to, if you wake up and if you, if you think that it's about personality, see, that's the surface personality, like character. So I could be a person who maybe isn't all that friendly because it's just how I'm wired. Maybe, I'm a, maybe I, I don't necessarily even like people. <laughs> that's okay, too. But here's what joy is about. It's about a person. It's not a personality thing. It's not like if you do Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or whatever. It's not like if you're a nine on the Enneagram or you're whatever, ENFP, that's what I am on Myers-Briggs. It's not like this personality has joy and the others don't. That's not it at all. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So don't say, well, it's not my personality to be joyful. Yes, it is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Nine, Paul gives in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And then it says, they can't make rules up to do that kind of stuff. That's what's so great about that text. So how do you do this? Number one, we realize that joy is the presence of Jesus in our life. The next one, the next point, how are we going to pull this off? Joy comes from having perspective. Joy comes from us understanding and thinking carefully about our circumstance. And so a text that helps us get there, this is the book of James, probably the brother of Jesus. This man, by the way, was executed for being a follower of Jesus. And about in the, early, in the late 60s, full of joy, but dead, because he wouldn't quit following Jesus. Look what Peter, uh, James says, consider, that's the word I want you to watch, consider it. Joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, tests would be another translation. Even temptation would be a good translation of this particular Greek word. Because you know that when this happens, we're, we're in the crucible of life and circumstances changing. I'm, I'm adding to this here. That the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Run long, run strong. Those, those characteristics come from the inside. So he says, consider it. And what he means is, the word really means to lead yourself. I look carefully at it. To lead yourself. Think carefully about what's going on around you and your circumstances and continue to pay attention to the fact that God is present in your life. And, and that's a how-to. We, we, we think about our circumstances and we pay attention to them. I, in my mind, I'm thinking about, again, about really hard, tragic things. And I have a note here written down, hope despite tragedy. And I have the word Taylor and Ben written here. So I'm just not going to, I'm not going to quit caring about you who care about them. I don't know either of them, but you do. And somehow we have to be agents of friendship and love and support of Jesus in the lives of people who've had their, they've been wrecked. And this is not a sprint. We're going to run strong. We're going to run long to care for people who've been devastated. And you will have the strength to do it if you stay attached to Jesus, the gift giver. And one of the gifts is joy. It, it doesn't mean happy. There's nobody happy about these things. But there is goodness in God's world and in God. And I want those folks to be able to get there somehow. And I don't know them and I'm not going to be an agent, but I'll be an agent this way by telling you to do it. And I'm your friend and I'll help you if you need help. One, one last one. Joy comes from holding on to our promise-keeping God. Hold on to our promise-keeping God. And 
What's God's promise? God's promise is that he has you, he has me in, your, in his hands. We have this fantastic text from the book of Hebrews written by a Jewish Christian follower of Jesus, a Jewish follower of Jesus who, un, who was writing to other Jewish followers of Jesus trying to help them understand that he was, in fact, the fulfillment of all the promises. For the joy set before him, that is before Jesus, look what Jesus did. He endured the cross, scorned its shame, and now sits at the right hand of the Father. So endure, whatever we've been through, the cross was the most heinous evil ever perpetrated in history. So we've been through bad stuff. This is worse. That's why it's on the wall. We will never not think about the cross as a way of, but there's nobody hanging on that cross. There's a resurrection. Jesus is the finish line is what this text is trying to say to us. He's seated in the kingdom of forever, in the, in the mystery of the Trinity with the God, the Father. And you and I keep our eyes on him. He is the finish line. He's what we're aiming at. He's where we keep going. And because of that, it's the joy that becomes possible for all humanity because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And there he is. And we just keep going, running to him. We run to the Father. Uh, I had a little trouble sleeping last night. And this is not the first time I came across this picture, but I, my, my fancy phone stuff, here it is, it keeps running off my list of stuff I'm talking about. My pictures come up, of my, I don't know if yours does it, my iPad, all these pictures come up. I didn't ask them to come up, they come up. And so I started sliding through them. And what I get back to was October of 2019, where my family is together with my mom. And my mom is 92 and she has a very aggressive form of cancer, but she also has dementia. And the doctor said to her in the emergency room, your cancer has come back. And 10 minutes later, she didn't remember. So my sweet mom is sitting there, and she has a smile on her face because she's confused enough that she really doesn't even understand what's going on around her. I, I had Kathy on FaceTime, and she was talking to Kathy, but she didn't know who she was, right? So that's where my mom was. She knew who I was, and she knew who we were. But she got, had trouble with our spouses and was not, didn't have any help at all with the grandchildren. And she has eight great-grandchildren. She didn't know. Anyway, there we are, and there's a picture, and we're all smiling. But nobody's happy. But there's joy because it turns out that my mother is a follower of Jesus and my siblings are followers of Jesus. I have one sibling I'm not sure about. And so there we are smiling. We're not at all happy, but we are at peace. It's a great way of trying to illustrate that God is with us. And it's not about the externals. It's about the gift that comes from within because Jesus is in presence in our life. It gets kind of tiring for some of us sometimes. Maybe you're weary. Maybe it's just day in and day out and it won't quit. See, these letters that we read from Many, many, many of these earliest followers of Jesus were getting their teeth kicked in by life, by being followers of Jesus. They were persecuted for it. Why was James the person that wrote the letter I just quoted from? Why was he killed? He was executed by people who were opposing him for being a Jesus follower. He didn't quit. No compromise. So he's dying, but he's full of joy. No one wants to hurt. No one wishes physical pain on themselves. But people can rise to joy when the gift of God coming from the inside out is the presence of Jesus. I love hearing that little fella. We got to baptize him about two weeks ago. It was awesome. Right over here in that pool. I can't promise you and will not ever promise you happiness. In fact, parents, let me say this to you. It is not your job to make your kids happy. You'll die if that's what you set as your goal. But oh, do you want to create in them the structure that results in joy, in depth? I'll go back through Paul's list. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful, 
faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what you can give your kids. You, you can't give your kids happiness because I promise you, whatever they tell you that's going to make them happy today, tomorrow it's going to be different and it's going to cost twice what yesterday cost. <laughs> and you feel the tension. I know you do because I do too. Can, what can I give them? What should I give them? And you, everybody who's a parent, if you know what I'm saying, is the gospel. So let that be, for those of you who struggle with that, let that be your way of understanding what we're trying to talk of here. I have two, two challenging questions for us all. You ready? Here's the first one. What has God said to you, if not in the last weeks, in the last few minutes? In what way, right now, do you feel nudged by God or maybe challenged by God, maybe loved by God? What literally right now has just happened inside you? Another really obvious question, what are you going to do about it? Are we going to fist bump God, yo God, good to see you? Or are we going to sit down in it? an illustration to help us get at that. Are you willing to see that the low fuel light might have just come on for you? So Kathy and I had a car. It was the first car we bought when we got married. It was a Volkswagen Rabbit. It was, I, I, can I say the word vomit green in church? <laughs> yeah, it was a vomit green Volkswagen Rabbit. And we drove it all the way to Pasadena, California from Florida. I went to graduate school seminary out there and drove it back. And here's what happened. Kathy, like most smart people, when the, this was before you had a deal that said 50 miles left or whatever. This was just low fuel light. And Ka the low fuel light would come on. Kathy would pull off immediately to the next intersection, next exit, and go get some gas. Not me. Low fuel light comes on. Game on, baby. <laughs> How far can I get? <laughs> I'm, we're out in the middle of Kansas somewhere, and I'm telling you what, the light comes on, and she's going, and I'm going, now, <laughs> no, not this exit, the next one. Bink. I'm in a, oh, but did I mention the fact that we had just gotten married, had no money, and so we bought it from a dealer, but because of the extra money, we had no air conditioning in it. So we're in the middle of Kansas, driving across the country. I want to feel challenged by the low fuel light. I won't stop. We run out of gas out on the interstate highway. I believe it was Interstate 70 in the middle of nowhere. And what we had to do, I had to thumb a ride to get to somewhere to see if they'd let me borrow their can to put gas in it, to get the gas in the car, and then go back to the gas station, give them their can back, and, fin and fill it up. It cost me my how far can I get this thing to go two or three hours of hot, pleasant experience out on the interstate highway. All of that's to say, when the low fuel light comes on, don't do what I did. Maybe in the last few minutes, may, maybe in the season, the, the low fuel light has come on for you. And you're, you need more of the presence of Jesus in your life. And here's how I'm going to tell you to get to Jesus. And I'm going to say these same four words over and over again, literally, until I die. You're not going to hear me say this any other way but this way. Tweak maybe a little bit. If the words are pursue, connect, give, multiply. And I'm going to use serve day to illustrate it. Now I'm shamelessly hawking serve day. But I mean this. The low fuel light comes on. Serve day is a way to illustrate the point. Pursue. What we mean by that is you can sense God tugging. Go to him. Connect. What that means is connecting with, Kathy said it earlier, connecting with God and God's people. And we're doing it when we get together and we sing and we talk and we listen and we pray. We do it in the small groups. But on serve day, you can connect with God's people and you can go and address something. Listen to this. When you go online and look at the list, that's stuff that's breaking God's heart. Oh, it matters a lot. Serve, by the way, the Greek word diakonia. You may recognize the word deacon in English. 
So that's, it means to serve. It means there's a hurt or a need, and we go and do something about it. So you're going to pursue God. You're going to connect by serve, picking a project that stirs your heart, as Kathy said. And then I use the word give. Oh, it's such a great word. Give what? God made you for a purpose. What are you good at? Give it. Give it in service. And then for serve day as an example, go back and say, God, connect me with something that seems to be a part of who you made me to be, and then let me use my talents to do it. And give them away. Give them. Give them. We're never going to not give. And the last one is multiply. On serve day, you can multiply. Kathy asked you to pray about how our congregation is going to impact our community. We, we just want more people to know they're loved by Jesus. You can invite somebody to go on a serve day project with you who wouldn't think about coming in here on Sunday morning. But if they get to know you and the folks who are out serving and giving, connecting and pursuing together, guess what? Then it'll become more natural. And that's what a real relationship is. There's somebody who you care about who has no real participation in any life of faith that you can tell. You, you don't think they're a part of a church, but I guarantee you they'll go with you to the Humane Society and help take a doggies, take care of doggies, or go help wash police cars, or the 90 million other great things that are going on in there. If the fuel light has come on, re remember that God is tugging at you. God wants you to do something about it. God wants you to pursue him. See, you have to do your part. God's part is to nudge you. Your part is to respond by pursuing. Your part is to respond by connecting. Your part is to respond by multiplying, to respond by giving. That's your part. But God is going to say, you listening? Jesus means, the name means God saves us. It's God's presence. He's the finish line. Our circumstances are going to continue to change. There's only one way to live a deeply fulfilled life, and that's to connect to Jesus Christ, which is what this is about in front of us. If you're online and you have your elements, please get them prepared. In your seat, there should have been one of these, and there are bowls for you to discard them. I'm going to remind us of the meaning of this. There are gluten-free if you want to just jump up there on the, on the counter in the back. The presence of Jesus in your life produces the fruit of joy. So he illustrated that in a real meal. And what he did at the meal is he took a piece of bread and he broke and he said, this bread is my body. I'm having it, I'm allowing myself to be broken so that you can be rescued, you can be saved. Friends, if your low fuel light has come on, here's how you can pursue and connect. When the meal was over, Jesus took a cup. That cup would have had wine in it. This cup has grape juice in it. You are holding grape juice in your hand. And Jesus said, this cup represents my blood, my blood which is going to be spilled for you, giving you the chance to be rescued to be saved, I will endure the most evil and heinous act in history because of the joy set before me. And I will end up seated on the right hand of the Almighty God of the Father for you. So when we eat this bread and drink this cup, what we're saying is, yeah, I recognize the low fuel light is on and I want to pursue you, Jesus Christ, connect with you. I want to give everything I have to you and I want to help multiply you and the world. So if you haven't already, we'll do the bread together. We'll take that, the body of Jesus, broken for you and for me. In the same way, we open the juice, reminded of the blood of Jesus. Allow me to pray for us. Gracious God, we thank you that our circumstances come and go, and yet you are constant. You are the finish line. You have finished the race. You, you have run long and strong. And we, therefore, simply put our eyes on you, and we do not allow ourselves to...
to get disconnected from you. We just hang on and we'll do little things. We'll begin to maybe read the Bible. And we have all kinds of ways of doing that. We'll help here at this church, help people find resources to read the Bible. We'll sign up and go give. And we'll do this in a formal way next week. But maybe there's something you want us to do on a regular basis. Gracious God, we want to reach out to you and pursue you. And we drink and eat here as a, as a sign and a symbol of that, though you are in a real way present. Help us, gracious God, to remember that happiness comes and goes, but joy comes from within. It's a fruit of being connected to you. We thank you that you love us, and we know this is true because of a baby who was born at Christmas and who grows up to live and die and live again. And on this, we can base everything about our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. My friends, if you will stand, we're going to sing one last little outro. And then what I want you to do is to run out there and go get them. Love them.